I greet you all in Jesus' name this morning. Um, I've been blessed so far this morning in the scripture reading and uh, the song service. Um, <clears throat> I'd just like to um, reread one verse out of the scripture reading that stood out to me. And that is Isaiah 55. Verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And also that song that um, Aaron led, even though I have not sung it before, I thought went very well with what was laid on my heart to share this morning. And um, it was written from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. I'd like to just... Before I get started, I'd like to read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'd like to start in verse 16 and and read the last three verses in that chapter. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to the end. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and excellent eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal this morning um, my text comes from Philippians chapter 3 And I'd like to um, read, starting in verse 3, and read through verse 14. And the key verse, well, I shouldn't say key verse. I guess there's a lot of key verses. But I guess the key verse that really stood out to me was verse 14, which is a very well-known verse that is, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So let's, let's read Philippians 3, starting in verse 3 to verse 14. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, Concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 
and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As I read this chapter, um, I often think of those that perform in the Olympics. Now we know that the Olympics, or maybe most of you don't know, but they just started this week. And when I think of someone that's performing in the Olympics, first of all, I think of someone that's a good athlete, of some good in whatever he's doing. Maybe, I don't know if everything in Olympics actually takes a really good athlete or not, but some of them do require great athleticism. But I also th think of someone that's, well, yes, they're striving to receive a medal, and most of all, a gold medal, which is the top prize. They are also performing for their country, trying to do what's best for their country. And I think when I, when I as Christians, know we are not maybe striving to be better than anyone else, but we're striving to do the best we can for our, our country that we're serving in, which would be our serving as Christians, um, not necessarily a specific country in the world. So I think of someone that's practiced, done, made, sacrificed everything that the rest of us have of would think as being common um, luxuries, maybe they put all these luxuries aside so they can attain to be the top goal. Um, some people refrain from eating what we call a normal meal so they can be just right in their body-wise so they can perform better. Look at um, the first number of verses, verses 3 to 6. Paul's talking about who he was um, as far as his earthly credentials. And we look at this, we would say Paul had it made. He was his upbringing, his nationality, his family background was all what a lot of people would desire. Um, he really had it made. I mean, he didn't have to come from the outside and to become a Jew and to be, go through all the rituals to become a Jew. He was born in the right lineage for that. And he had everything that you would ask to be, you know, paved the way for him. He was, he was in the uppity uppity group. Galatians 1, verse 13 and 14, talks a little bit more of his pedigree or credentials or whatever whatever you want to say. Um, I'm just going to read the Galatians 1, 13 and 14. It says, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. So Paul had worked to a higher level, than a higher level than a lot of his credentials. And I bring this out because when we think of someone with a high earthly status, sometimes we look up to those people when we really shouldn't. We think they're pretty important. But really, from a 
spiritual status, they are absolutely zero importance. But yet, we tend to look up to people of high stature. The next few verses, verses 7 to 11, Paul is stating how in order for him to be of any value in the, earth, in the heavenly kingdom, he had to give up everything he had of his earthly credentials. It says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. I know in the latter part of this reading it talks about striving for goals, and, that, and we all have earthly goals, and I think we should have earthly goals, or I have earthly goals to meet. Um, and I think there's probably all of us have experienced some time when we had a goal set and we were looking very forward to reaching that goal, but when we reached it, we probably didn't have as great a satisfaction as we thought we were going to have when we got there. Um, I have a few quotes. Um, I, I guess I'm not going to say that it's always true in every circumstance, but I think it can definitely be true. One of them is, the emptiest moment in a person's life comes the moment after he has accomplished the goals that he thought would bring him great satisfaction. The emptiest moments. And we don't think of those as being empty, but I think sometimes we put so much effort into trying to reach something that think that we would just be a lot happier if we got there, then we find out that, you know what, we really, didn't really make us happy at all. Um, so we strive for the next goal, and we'll probably reach the same thing. Um, there's also I have it written down here somewhere. I have a hard time finding it. There's a saying that if we keep doing the same thing in the same way, we will always continue getting the same results. Um, and I think of an Olympic athlete that has spent hours and hours and days and maybe years training to reach the final prize of receiving a medal that probably didn't train the same way over and over again probably had to do something different in order to get a different result and that is to be a winner but if we do the same thing the same way we will get the same results um, when I think of some people in the past um, Thomas Edison was a great inventor. I, I don't know if the school children here know what Thomas Edison is famous for. Do you know Hannah? What did he, what's he famous for? Inventing the light bulb. Do you think he tried one time and boom, he had a light bulb? How many think he, times do you think he tried? I don't really know. but. We think of Thomas Edison as being a very brilliant man because he invented the light bulb, right? Um, it's said that he is actually the definition of perseverance because at a young, young age, he was considered unteachable. He wasn't, I guess in our way of saying, he wasn't very bright, right? <laughs> no pun intended for the light bulb. Um, but yet he was considered a failure by many because he didn't invent the light bulb the first time. But he simply said that he found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. So 
We consider someone that tried a thousand times to make a light bulb a failure, right? No, he just found a thousand ways not to make one. And he still was credited making the, in inventing the light bulb, which for many years we have enjoyed the effects of his invention and many, many other things that he invented also. So when we think of all our earthly credentials, Paul says here that everything I have gained, I account at loss for the excellency of Christ. And in verse 8, he count everything that he had as rubbish, or we can say as trash. Um, absolutely, we consider trash as being zero value, no value. It's just good to be thrown out and burned. But yet, Paul said, everything that was, from an earthly point of view, people looked up to me at my stature thinking I had everything I needed to throw all that in the trash because he gained something far, far greater than that. That he may know Christ and be a part of Christ. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. And in verse 12 and 14, he, he uses the words, I press on. And when I think of pressing on, I think of putting extra effort, never giving up, um, always trying to do better. And he says, he has not attained, he has not been perfected, he was, I'm still moving on to be better, um, to do better things for Christ. Verse 13, says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I consider this as pretty key in depressing on, is that we forget our past failures, even our past successes, in order to strive and move forward. We don't dwell on the past. Sure. The past teaches us a lot. We can look at the past history and learn a lot from past history. But if we dwell on the past, we're going to have a hard time excelling as we move forward. <clears throat> and when we have goals set, we have to keep pressing on to reach those goals. Verse 14 says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I think of this as being maybe the center, ver center verse of this text. It says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in God in Christ Jesus. We talked about the Olympic athletes. What is the prize they receive? The top one receives a gold medal. The second one a silver medal, then a bronze medal. What what are we pressing forward for? What prize are we pressing forward to? Do we have an earthly prize we're pressing forward to? We have a heavenly prize. And I don't think it's just the prize that we receive at the end of our life that we 
that God has said that he will give us eternal life. I also think it's just the prize that we're able to run the race, just being able to run the race. Um, we look at the Boston Marathons. I, I don't have any numbers, but there are many, 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 many runners that run in it, and only one will get first place. Many of them don't even finish the race. But I think a lot of them are privileged enough just to be able to run in the race because they can say, I ran in the Boston Marathon. I would definitely be one that would not finish, I doubt. Um, but I think this prize is not only just because God has given us eternal life or the promise of eternal life, but he's also given us the privilege of being able to run in the race. Um, he has made it available to everyone. Um, we talked in Sunday school that God did not limit the number of people that can come to him. It is for everybody. There is no, there is a countless amount of people that can be a part, part of it. I'd like to read Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we press on we have been surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that have run the race before us and we can look beyond those witnesses and see that their focus was on Jesus Christ and while we have earthly goals and I think we should have earthly goals our, our main goal should be Jesus Christ and what he has promised us and to serve him. And if we, if we stray from that goal, we're going to find disappointment when we reach that goal. If we put our press on to serve Christ, we will find great satisfaction. As we look at the earthly prizes that an Olympic athlete wins, if we go back, it's normally four years, five years, can anyone tell me who won a gold medal? in the Olympics. There might be a few, but I don't remember. How long did it last? Didn't last that long. Um, one other quote I have, and, and I never thought of it this way, but I think you know, there's a lot of truth to it. It says, success never means as much to the person who has attained it. I'll say that again. Success never means as much to the person who has attained it. I think sometimes that we always look at someone else and say, wow, they're successful. I wish I could be like that. It never means as much to that person as that person who attained it because they find that it is also maybe empty and they strive to reach another goal and that's going to be just empty if it, that goal is not a heavenly goal. Closing, I'd like to read a story and this actually happened in the Olympics. 
says, don't give up. We are called to lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares, which I read in Hebrews 12. The one who calls you has already won. Keep your eyes on him. Even if you stumble, he will carry you on. In 1992 Olympic Games in Barcelona, one of the greatest candidates for the gold medal in the 400-meter run was Derek Redman of Britain. Just 150 meters out, his Achilles tendon snapped. A startled gasp erupted out of the crowd as they watched him stumble, then catch himself and continue. Limping painfully down the course, he remained intent on finishing the race, no matter how long it took. As the other runners sped by, a figure pushed out his way out of the stands and onto the track. Redmond's father put his arm around him, lifted his son's arm over his shoulder, and helped him finish the race. It is a marvelous illustration of God's enormous mercy and grace when failure or brokenness besets us on the path toward our goals. If we would just stay on track, we can go the distance because we have a Heavenly Father who will come put his arms around us, undergird us, and see us through the end. And as I look at that illustration, yes, this was an earthly father helping his earthly son, but our Heavenly Father is willing to do the same thing for us. Um, when we go through pain and maybe we think we cannot continue on, he will help us to the very end. And as I think of reaching goals this past week, We attended a funeral, we, excuse me. <clears throat> we obviously weren't intending to be leaving, but this lady went to the hospital on Wednesday because she had fluid to take off and she told her sister, I'll be out by Friday. You know, she was really intent on that and that was her goal. But unfortunately, things didn't go the way she had planned or her family had planned. And she passed away Saturday, Sunday afternoon and talking to her family, yeah, she had health issues, but yet they were not expecting her to leave at this time. But I do feel that we have confidence that she reached her heavenly goal. Even though she had earthly goals, that she would still be here to enjoy family, friends, or whatever. Share the message. God's time was for her to go. And uh, I think it's just a reminder for us that while we have earthly goals, let's not put so much emphasis on those goals that we become disappointed when we do reach them. But let's put our focus on the heavenly goal that Christ has offered to us.